0: You have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Welcome back to the Lantern Rouge Cycling Podcast for our first proper day in the Alps. A high, well not a high mountain stage, but a hard stage from Animas to Morzine. Stage 14 of the tour, the first Saturday stage and we've got another very hard stage tomorrow. This stage Four medium mountain climbs out the gate: four and a half Ks, five percent; seven k, seven and a half percent; six k, seven and a half percent. Descent, and then another six and a half k, four percent climb. Before a valley, and then the Col de la Ramaz, irregular fourteen k's at seven percent. The first seven and a half were harder. Before again another step descent, ten k valley, and the Joux where Lance Armstrong, I think, bonked back in the day. Landis took seven minutes on this stay on this climb, it was the hardest stage. When he did it, Pantano's spin over the top—it's a, it's a fearsome climb. Eleven and a half kilometers at eight and a half percent, but that belies the difficulty. All the pros say it's one of the hardest climbs in the Alps, even though it doesn't go up to very high altitude—only to 1,700 meters—until a little plateau, and then a descent into Morzine, uh, which is quite technical. They repaved it though, but lots of uh, double switchbacks, etc. You know, a succession of them back and forth. So. Big day, Benji, for the GC battle in theory, and we'd expect big gaps this stage. But break formation, uh, well, it was kind of marred by a crash because there was light rain—the first rain that's been there for a while—and we didn't, I didn't see what really happened exactly, but a lot of riders went down in break formation before even the first little category three-ish climb.
1: Yeah, seemingly like a Ben Dad go slightly sideways to the ride. thats where it happened. Maybe a rider slid out somewhere, most likely causing everybody else to slide out behind and it was such a major crash that the race was neutralized as a consequence for a total of 30 minutes because on one occasion if the road is blocked with a with a major crash then the race thinks about oh if something else happens later on then we can't get an ambulance to the front of the race anymore so the race is unsafe so that's part of the reason another reason is also there's no breakaway yet nothing has formed so you might as well neutralize it because let's be honest a lot of riders were on the floor and quite a few riders are out of the race as a consequence of this. But he looked bad, but I think he was still riding after the crash. But I'm not sure if he actually finished the race. But riders that are definitely out are the likes of Antonio Pedrero. Climbed very strong at Swiss. We saw him a few times this race as well. Louis Mankees, who is fighting for the top 10. A real shame that he's leaving the race. Cinkeldam is out. No clue if it's related to the crash, but I just wanted to mention that. Guerrero, same thing. And Chavez is also out according to uh, this crash. But it's not the last crash because the race kicked off again, breakaway formation, and another crash happens in a descent. Bardet into the corner on the floor, Shaw as well, and both riders are out of the race. So,
0: yeah, that sucks, huh? It was bad. And Bardet, I didn't see that one either. It was a very fast descent. There were actually splits on this, that descent. Yeah. Um. So. I don't know who was pushing it the break formation obviously Alaphilippe was ahead he was solo pushing it because everyone's trying to get in the break before the the next sort of category 1 climb and yeah, Bardet, he looked bad and moving his legs eventually he stood up but he was very wobbly so the right thing obviously abandoning abandoning the race did you say Petit abandoned or because Petit, Petit ruined, but I'm huge not sure he abandoned gash in his in his uh glute yeah and he got dropped early. he looked bad so I I, I worry for him um I worry for him, basically. So, yeah. anyway, break he forms. He, he did, did he? In the time limit.
1: Seemingly, he finished. I don't know if it's but, through yet. This this page says it.
0: But anyway. He'd be continue. still on course, I think. Yeah, the, the, I don't think the group would have made it in, in by the time we're recording this live. Um, breakaway forms. Very, very strong. It's it's the type of break you would expect with Kwiatkowski, yesterday's winner, Martinez, who I think had a concussion check because he was in the crash. He was in there. Vandenberg. Palace for KOM points. Alaphilippe. Landa with Morich. So Lander finally gets in. Hollett. Ciccone with a teammate. Pedersen. He wants KOM points. Gurgle. Geshka, Aramburu with a teammate. Izagiri with Jorgensen. Nalens with a teammate. Kratic, Luchenko. Varnskold. So it's a really strong break. We've got multiple good climbers with multiple teammates. And Jumbo just start pacing Benji. Like 25 yep. seconds behind the breakaway with Christophe Laporte just a heavy pace we actually didn't really see them start pacing but we just saw i knew someone was pacing because pino and chicone and Juanpe were riding a 7k 7.5 climb hard really yeah. hard and the gap was staying at 20 seconds so i was like if some if, not, if someone's not pacing that gap would explode
1: yeah Laporte was spacing for jumbo visma and their entire train was at the front then we didn't see them be active at all in the breakaway formation phase so No Wout van Aert jumping 25 times to be in the breakaway. No Beno trying that. No Kelderman trying that like three days ago. Obviously, Wout van Aert would have been the designated satellite rider if they had a plan like that on the table. But seemingly, their plan was to just make the race hard from the front of the peloton, regardless of there being a breakaway ahead, there being a group petrol behind. Just tunnel vision on themselves. We're going to ride every single climb with X amount of riders. Laporte on the first two climbs. Then Van Hooydonk took over a bit later and we saw that action kind of truly hinder the breakaway to the point that I swear the max gap that the breakaway had was about a minute 30 when Woods and Ciccone, when there was max, on a yeah. on a sprint adventure for km points, but it always went down towards roughly 30 seconds, 20 seconds in between climbs. And it was a really strong performance by Laporte. And a few times this Tour de France, we've mentioned him that he seemingly climbs a lot stronger because he's been surviving some really difficult break formation phases yeah, but
0: 10 and 12
1: what do you reckon is the theory behind doing the train formation strategy versus trying to get walked up the road to get him to be there on juplan
0: anyway well i mean when you look at this descent it's very technical it's not mm-hmm. like the descent of ramaz which is very high speed and you can lose a lot of time if you're gapped we'll get to that later the descent of juplan is a technical descent many corners breaking of course, a teammate might help, but the marginal benefit of it, I don't really. Maybe on the plateau, a teammate could really help you. But again, I think um, it's not like a stage where there's a long valley at the end or a long valley in the middle where there's an attack point before. The last climb is the hardest one. The descent is technical. And also we saw on the Tourmalet, Van Aert, when, when he's trying to get in the breakaway and jumping and Jumbo are jumping, it makes break formation take a lot longer. And then if they want to get into this phase of making the race difficult, they can't really start that. And that was a problem on Tourmalet when Bora basically kept the gap to Van Aert really close. And so Tourmalet, the first half was paced by Van Hoydonk at a, not a very serious pace if you're a GC contender. Obviously, he was going hard, but, but Poggy, fresh, you know? Yeah. And so, yeah, it's just... I don't there's no real benefit I don't think to a satellite rider today except if you get dropped on the Ramaz but if Jonas is getting yeah. dropped on the Ramaz he, he's the tour is <laughs> over so I mean <laughs> <you're> like, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: I agree and like you said I think the main value of doing this strategy is the fact that a Laporte a Benoit they haven't struggled in the breakaway formation phase and can now do the work at this point in Autumn van Hooydonk and they're doing that greatly because they keep pacing basically and they keep Catching riders from that original breakaway. Like, we can talk about the breakaway. Like, a Kwiatkowski was out there again, a Martinez, a Paulus, uh, a Mohoric, a Peterson. But most importantly, Alex Aramburu was in the breakaway and he was climbing with people like Michael Woods and so forth, Ciccone So, can we just take a second to talk about the fact that Aramburu is able to be with those riders in this stage, but he can't be competitive at any point in his life in a Grand Tour stage? What's wrong with him?
0: It's very curious. He was running super hard, man. I was like, well, it's <laughs> impressive. But then it's like, you're right. Like, where's he been? On stage 10 or 12? Yeah. Where, he, where he could win. And tomorrow, I'm sure the break will win tomorrow. I bet you he won't be there. So, yeah, I'm sorry for you. But you said you're out on him. Who's your guy at the moment? We haven't really, who it, like, who is guy? your guy? Apart from Poggy. I feel like I've lost my guy. I don't really have my guy anymore. Yeah. So, like that plucky underdog to root for, you know?
1: Yeah. I'm like a, a lone vessel on the ocean trying to look for a, a rider to grasp on. And then the Giro that was all up because he's funny, because he always yeah, drops yeah, and yeah. then hangs on 50 meters behind. But I don't have that here. So I don't know. In Velta, it's going to be a user So I'm already in that camp. Nobody can stop a me. Plucky I'm underdog a Uso camp. On a, a seven, year,
0: <laughs> seven year contract. <laughs> plucky <laughs> underdog. Why not say? Yeah. Ah, oh, I like I used to. Do. Anyway, anyway, and we'll get to the Vuelta in three months, two months, <laughs> whenever it is. Yumbo are pacing. They're pacing, they're pacing, they're pacing. The door is doing a really hard pace, mainly the because and, well you can tell it from you know, your real real cycling aficionados can tell watts per kilo from the eye. You can just tell from the TV. And if yeah. you see an Italian and a French KOM battle on a climb at seven percent, and they're not gaining any time on the Peloton. Peldon's going really hard. I'll tell you that for <laughs> free. So Chikane, Pino, Woods. Pino, and Woods attacked with one and a half Ks left on uh, the, the second of the Category 1s, called de Fou. And this is where it was curious, Benji. Yeah. Yambo have explicitly stated their intentions here. Yeah. They are going to pace this stage. Break has no chance. No chance. As soon as it forms, it already has no chance. We have two Category 1s. Nice points, by the way. And these are... Quote-unquote, these are easy Category 1s. 6K, 7.5%. Yep. That's an easy Cat 1 for KOM points. You then got a, a, no points until the Ramaz and a Long Valley. We have a break stage tomorrow. I thought if I'm the DS of Ciccone, uh Woods, the other Pinot, the other guys in the group, I would have told them, pull the plug at the yep. top of the second Cat 1 and save it for tomorrow
1: thought so as well and at a certain point we see Woods going back to the peloton when they're the last like three riders up the road but Ciccone just sets off again and he's like, yeah. he's like I'm not stopping I don't do boring my name is Giulio Ciccone and I want to send my glasses into the audience at some point in this stage and then he gets caught Yumbo 20 train seconds later shit. <laughs> that's what he said until they caught him but anyway because he could win tomorrow
0: he'd be my favorite from the break tomorrow
1: yeah I do want to mention Jumbo Visma We said it, Laporte was pacing initially. It looked like Van Hooydonk was taking over in the valleys to kind of make sure Laporte had a bit of rest in the valleys to then later in the race fully take over at the uh, foot of Ramaz. So we're with 63 kilometers to go. Everybody's caught. The pelotons at the foot of Ramaz. Nathan Van Hooydonk takes over, but it's also not long because he's already worked a bit with Laporte beforehand. And the foot of Ramaz is also pretty steep. So Nathan Van Hooydonk is a decent climber, but... He can't get over Ramas. But takes over four kilometers in. And Van Bala moves up into second position. So Van Bala had been sitting at the back for quite a bit. What is the reason that Van Bala sits at the back of the train for that long?
0: I don't know, actually. Well I don't, I don't know. mean either. He struggled with the holding the wheel on descent, so maybe that's a problem. They don't want him. Because mm-hmm. on the stage Castro was pacing two days ago. Yeah. And the Ineos train went clear with Jonas. And then Van Bala was gapped actually when um Izagiro won. So maybe yep. they, they don't want Van Baal in front of Vingegaard because okay. he could drop the wheel up. That's my only guess. Um, or maybe he just likes it there. It's good to have the <laughs> guys front and back behind you. But, yeah, it's, it really is just a choo-choo situation. Um, that's not... I didn't really... Did you see anything... You know what's curious to me? Godou was basically... He was swinging in break formation. Mm-hmm. And then he made, like made the last 10 guys. So... I don't know what's going on with FDJ and, and Gudu. It's like he's not warming up properly for the stage because he was fine today, like fine enough. Yeah. But how he's dropped, almost dropping from a break of a group of 150, and then he's there at the end. So I don't know what – and he kind of did that on uh, Grenon last year. He dropped really early and then came back and, and finished well on that stage, I think, top five. Anyway, the Ramaz, it's irregular. It's nasty. There's a tunnel that's really, really steep. Van Hooydonk pacing. Van Hoedonk takes over. Van chew through their domestiques now and yeah, it's eventually who takes Vambala? Does he drop Pitcock, Benji or Benoit initially? Well, I feel like
1: Pitcock was already moving backwards when Benoit was there but when Vambala actually takes the front, that's when Pitcock started to really suffer but I swear that he held on to the back of the group for quite a while, as in he was at the back of the group for probably 5-10 to 10 minutes, fighting together with um, uh, Mud was dropped earlier, but there were some other riders that were also dropping at the same time and kept coming back. I think it was Guillaume Martin, if I recall correctly, that was doing the same yo-yo situation at the back of the group. And that kept going for a bit. But from that point onwards, we also see Soler dropping at that time. We're now roughly how many kilometers from the top of Ramas? I would say roughly five kilometers from the top of Ramas. Wout van Aert is taking over, but Van Balle stays in the Wheel of Van Aert. And I was thinking, what's the reasoning here? Because a bit later, we see Van Bala once again in the first position to give us full and then drop. So I'm asking you for a second why is Fanat taking the front position from Van Bala on Ramas to then have Van Bala come to the front again and drop? Because my first thought when Vaut Fanat came to the front with Van Bala switching to second wheel was, are they going to try and get Van Bala over the top? But then they switched back, and Van Bala dropped anyway.
0: I think it's, cause it's irregular because this is regular, because you can't see it so well on TV. But there is a big yeah. difference between five and eleven percent, obviously, or nine percent. <laughs> so I think Van Bala did his last bit on the flatter section, and then having internet connectivity issues today, I got the Ethernet cable plugged in, like Luke makes me do. I used to work off <laughs> off just wireless. Um, so yeah, bear with us, but. I don't know. I don't know. I thought, I thought Kelderman, when Wout was pulling, looked suspect. Mm-hmm. And, and he had yep. crashed earlier in the stage, but he, was, he looked like he was struggling um, on that Ramaz climb. UA looked actually fine. At the start of the stage, they looked thin, like at the right at the start, and then they actually had nice numbers. Groschartner had come back. Yates was there. Micah was there. Soler was dropped. But what do you think it is with Pidcock, Benji? Let's talk about him for a, for a second. I have my read, well, what I believe happened, but he was so good on Grand Colombia. He was so good yeah. on Puy Dome. How is he dropping from the pace of Teixeira note today? Well,
1: those are Uniperto stages is the first thing I noticed. One climb at the end of a, a stage, so no consecutive climbs making it harder for him to follow. That being said, there was quite a bit of climbing before Puy Dome, just not in a full mountain situation. But I think the, the real consecutive big climbs are what hurt him, I feel like. No?
0: I think so, and and you look at the the, the killer jewels before. I mean, Ramaz still is a little bit early, I think, but yeah, there's, it's very very different to Grand Colombia where you sit in the draft all day. It's like a Jebel Hafeet a little bit sort of stage. Obviously, it's a little bit harder before, but yeah, I think, and we've seen this in Amstel and Liege, Benji. Sort of when the gas tank the gas tank runs out, and then you know Healy's dropping him. Of course, these are one day races compared to stage races, but. He looks really, really good up to this point, and that's why I liked Rodriguez for this stage, because he's he's like Enric Mus in in Spain. We have Rodriguez, Nels, Rodriguez Sorry? Godriguez. Yes. He's he's Enric Mas in Spain, but in France. He's more of a diesel. And I think these stages really, really suit him compared to the you know punch at the end of Puit Dome. He got gapped, in fact. And he was looking really, really good. Hindley there. No one apart from Pickcock was dropped from the top ten except Oh, on ramaz
1: uh pinot was dropped 11 but no Are one except on for the pitcock break. yeah yeah but no one except for pitcock there were okay. 17 riders at the top and only pitcock from the top 10 was gone but there were people showing some weakness at the back of the group and in that group except gc cuss because gc cuss is all man because in that descent i was thinking maybe tom pitcock can come back to the front but no 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 no. finard kept going in the descent split started happening but most importantly 2 minutes 15 to Bitcock, meaning GC moves into 9th in GC, so it's happening, and that's why it might Road keep on happening. Day.
0: <laughs> For GC day For sure, dude. <laughs> 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 that's why else would Wout Venat keep pushing the descent with Bitcock drops. <laughs> but Okay, so we get to that descent. We have the descent now. It's not that technical off Ramaz. It's irregular, though, in parts. There are some really 70 kph pedaling parts, and that number is really important because if you're 80 kilos, wow, for art right. versus 58 sort of kilos, Pidcock, Peacock's a brilliant descender, super aerodynamic. He is one of the best in the world, but on a straight road that's not that steep, you want to be wow, an art who is, you know, pushing 600 watts easily or 700 watts on the descent and, and is heavier and so going down quicker. And there were splits, Benji. In fact, splits in the group at the top with Felix Gall, Simon Yates, and Chris Harper off the back of that split. And they had to work really... By the way, shout out Chris Harper. I have to do it because he's Australian. He was, in that group of 17, the lowest paid rider. I don't know his salary. I don't know his salary, but I'm guessing. The lowest paid rider, most likely, by a long way.
1: Steph Cross would have been there and would have been the lowest paid rider.
0: Steph Cross is more than Chris Harper, I'll tell you that. What? Steph be on more than Chris Harper He went to Total really? Energy. You think, you think he's on there for minimum? Belgium think he's on more than
1: Chris Harper?
0: No, 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 no. Chris Probably Harper similar.
1: Didn't.
0: Chris Harper. anyway, he was flying. He did a really good job. He helped Yates come back with Felix Gull. But <laughs> that's not what you want. The last thing you want before doing a 35-minute full-gas effort up the Plan is to have to chase on the flat whilst Kelderman and Jambo Bovismer and Van Aert are rotating turns. UA are looking good, though. UA look calm. Micah's going back to the car. They got Micah, Groschartner, Soler doesn't come back. They're looking good. Pikachu looks pretty fresh. And Kelderman starts pacing the flat, Benji. yeah. so that was clear then. He did not feel good on the Ramaz.
1: It was a combination for me, because when Kelderman went to the front, that was my initial thought. But then a kilometer later, Wout for over again. So I was kind of confused for like a period of five minutes. But... It all became clear, clear to me. Obviously, the group of Yates and so forth, because of Kelderman pacing at the front, comes back. But the second we hit the bottom of Juplan, Kelderman is pacing ahead of Wout van Aert on the climb. And that's a deciding factor, obviously. If Kelderman starts pacing at the bottom of the climb, then Wout van Aert is going to pace after him. But I think UE did something there that I found really interesting. I found it a really interesting move because Kelderman and Wout van Aert are pacing. Well, Kelderman in front of Wout van Aert And Micah. Kind of looks at Pogachar, looks back to the front, and moves up in front of Kelderman and Wout Fennad with that typical Micah move, as in upping the tempo a bit, which completely blows up Kelderman and Wout Fanad because they're parquetuing initially for the next 20 seconds. And Micah keeps it pushing, then lowers the tempo. And we're thinking Wout Fennad is gone, Kelderman is gone, but hell no. Call the ambulance, but not for me, Wout Fanad. Comes back from the dead. He goes to the front of the group. He drops Micah, and then he needs to properly call the ambulance well, Pog because they're Micah. Adjobs.
0: Yeah, Wout well, started pulling again. Pog shouted Micah, saying "Pull harder." He was <laughs> <Micah's> like, "Bruh, <laughs> I'm out." <laughs> that was, sorry, but that was
1: super impressive by Wout Van
0: The yeah, fact of that course. he
1: he was almost standing still. Yeah, but before. no, but that's
0: no, he was. That's what UAE do. They do it every climb. Like, and with McNulty, it's, it was more pronounced too. They do first two minutes. With Micah really hard. And they dropped the Yumbo Domestiques. Yeah. The theory is the Yumbo Domestiques give up, stop pushing. And then Micah and UAE, with now a numerical advantage, by the way, Yates, yeah. Pogaccia, Micah versus just Kusin Jonas, they control the climb. They do what they want on the climb. But yeah, Van Aert coming back disrupted that. Clever so
1: by UAE, though.
0: They always do it. it. Yeah, 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 yeah. And Grenon, they did it too. The yep. Grenon, and, and so they did it too. So it doesn't mean. In the past, it has meant Poggy. It just doesn't necessarily mean he feels great. Yep. Sometimes it does mean he feels great. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so maybe he did feel great at the base of Grinnell. But anyway, Coos um, takes over after Van Aert finishes his pool. The group is very thinned out. It's the select riders. And we have Coos, Vingergaard, Pogacar, Adam Yates, Carlos Rodriguez, Hindley, Hindley Simon Yates has dropped. Goal. Felix Gol, I shouldn't know Felix Gulleratia. He is Coos he is 2.0, this guy. He's got to fix his <laughs> descending, but he is a serious climber. Yeah. Serious climber. Like, I don't know what AJ two I extended him on, but hats off to them for getting that done because teams would, be, would have been coming for this guy after this performance today. And Swiss was outstanding too. So a select group, Benji the losers would have been Simon Yates and Pidcock are really losing a lot of time here.
1: Yeah, to GC Cus, because GC Cus is moving up left and right now virtually on eighth in GC. So the gradual moves up are happening. But like you said, Sapkus at the front, not a deadly tempo, eh? But to the point where after two kilometers of Cus pacing, because he started with eight kilometers to go on Juplan. So still a lot of kilometers left. Yeah, After two, three kilometers of him pacing, we did see people cracking in that group. We saw the likes of Hindley getting into trouble, the likes of Gull just before Hindley getting into trouble. But the fact that Gull got so far is really impressive. Hindley dropping before Carlos Rodriguez means that Carlos Rodriguez, Mr. Rodriguez, is pretty hyped for the podium. He's still far behind, but every gap that he can take back means that he's competitive for it. So I was really intrigued in seeing that battle as well, but Hindley and, uh, dropping beforehand, oula.
0: And to that point, Benji. If you can tack on to the the train of the yeah. first and second battle, with you know Koos is going to just drag this. Yeah. That's where you can take so much time. Because if you're sort of back with them and you're attacking each other, kind of this is where you can take that huge time. And yeah, Rodriguez is just so impressive. I think he probably is a little bit better than Christian Rodriguez on Arkea, but I'm not ready to see that one yet to Benji. Might need to chalk that one up to the Benji Victory column, I think. Um, unbelievable performance from him, and it's what we were. It, this is what we, whoever signed him for next year will have been hoping to see at the end of his neo <laughs> pro contract, up there with the big boys on the Joux Plan in the Tour de France second week. That's what you want to see from a proper GC prospect, and and he's also got some other great skills. So anyway, this is what's curious, Benji, and this was what I was not expecting. Who drops Goal and Hindley. I think you might have already said that. Yeah. Four Ks to go. pagacha was, I thought he started to rock a little bit, but his face looked really good. His face looked like on Coltere. He looked, yeah. his, and Puy de Dome, he looked really fresh in the face. He puts Yates to the front to start pace. First of all, Adam Yates is back. This is a much better performance than the other stages. Yeah. And second of all, okay, Micah at the bottom, you can say is a tactical thing. You can't read into that too much. When he told Yates get to the front and fucking pull, you know he feels good. Otherwise, yep. you sit on the coos fake. You sit
1: on the coos pace. Exactly, and otherwise you try and keep Adam Yates to be your defensive rider with you in case mm-hmm. you you drop from the pace of uh, Vingegaard if Vingegaard decides to attack. But it was clear that he was up to something, and when Adam Yates starts pacing, I'm just waiting for the attack. And the question that was going to happen was: Has Jumbo Visma space in this race in today's stage? hindered Pogachar from using his acceleration to instantly gap Vingegaard and stay away until the finish line. That's the question we're looking at, yeah. eh? Or is Vingegaard able to follow? Or does he stay on a gap? Or what's going to happen? That is what we're looking for. And it's with about three kilometers to go that Yates' move at the front, Yates' spacing at the front ends, and Pogachar does his move. Pogachar accelerates, and Vinga initially is in the wheel, right? Yeah, yeah. But three seconds later, he's kind of not.
0: And I was counting. I was like, I just basically, when will Pog sit down? If yeah. Pog cannot sit down for thirty seconds, he will gap him. Yeah. And I'm not sure he did get to thirty, but he also didn't just sit down after ten either. And so he gaps Guard. But now, the difference between Koltarey, which is, uh, and Pleiodome. Dome was four minutes to the top. Colteray was, I don't know, five minutes, six minutes. We're still pretty far from the finish, Benji. And we've seen Pagacic attack Vingegaard before on a long climb this year, actually, and Vingegaard's come back. The Cuyol in Paris-Nice, of course, they're both in completely different shape to that climb. But we still have 10 minutes left on this climb. And so, Vingegaard, well, first you have to see, how does the gap expand? Because we've seen on the other climbs... Vingegaard holds it a little bit stable. The Piedadome was pretty stable. Yeah. Or on Cotere, he was fucked and he yeah. was bleeding time, lost 24 seconds. And this was the former. Vingegaard's holding it stable. And at that point, I was like, Vingegaard's not losing time today. Even if Poggy holds yep. five seconds over the top, Vingegaard will close it in the descent. That's why I always saw this descent as actually a, a bit of a, a parachute or a, a net for Jonas yep. because... I think Jonas can close 10 seconds on him on the descent. And he comes, he just slowly claws his way back, Benji. I, I don't know if. I think Poggy stalled a little bit. Or do you think Poggy looked back and he saw him? Ah, you're still there five seconds behind. I'm, no, nah. that doesn't. No, if if, if if Poggy, why would you let the gap close? He's off your wheel. Both are on the way to cooking, as in to getting cooked. Like
1: both are on the way of getting cooked. And Pogacha was getting cooked faster ahead then Vingegaard behind. And Vingegaard got closer. He's taken on five seconds for like more than a kilometer, I'm pretty sure. A kilometer and a half even. It was a long time until the last 1.5-ish one kilometer. And Vingegaard does get back to the wheel. And at that point, I'm like, okay, Pogachar didn't choose to have Vingegaard back in his wheel. I don't believe that at all. He had to pause his attack because Vingegaard caught up. And now he knows he needs to recover. but. Vingengar should also know that Pogatra needs to recover. And this is a, a point that I think we will disagree with. As in, Vingar is definitely also cooked. Pogacar is also cooked.
0: Yeah, he got dropped. But
1: this <laughs> is, a, this is a, a fight between two Death Swans at this point. And at that point, I think we might have seen more weakness in Pogatra if Vingar decided to try to keep some pace.
0: Because... I'm going to take you a believe- step further and go full full PCM mode. Oh, sorry, you finished your point.
1: Yeah, because I feel like every second that Vingegos sits up and surpluses on the climb, stays at a slow tempo next to Pogachar, is a moment that Pogachar fully recovers For sure. to have another accelerative kick at the end of the climb.
0: I agree with you. And this is full PlayStation mode. Don't get me wrong. Ridiculous to say it. But... You should have attacked but, him! <laughs> no, no, no. When you have him back at two seconds... Yeah? And you're... F- take your recovery at two seconds don't do your recovery with pogaccia yeah,
1: so once Guard.
0: once FingerGuard had him there i mean it's it's maybe vingegaard was completely cooked and wanted to recover himself you don't know how he felt in that moment but i agree if there was a moment to attack Pegacha, it was now 30 minutes into a climb now deep into the calories now, Pagacha's already done a big anaerobic effort, and he stalled. That would be the moment to attack. Yep. I don't think, there is no way you can say to Vingegaard, start riding the same tempo you were chasing at in front of Pogacar, with Pagacha in the wheel. Because if you get countered like that, you're an yep. idiot. So I think the only way is you go, try to go straight over the top of him if you've already tried to recover a little bit behind him, but... Also, also, he could have yeah. been cooked himself, <laughs> yeah. man. Like... Well,
1: they were definitely both cooked, eh? So
0: we're <laughs> talking about the,
1: the 0.1% that one rider might have had over the other. But at that point, I also start thinking about Cold La Laws and so forth when I see this type of stuff. And I can't wait have the discussion. a victory for Jonas. Being able to come back is a major progress compared That's... to getting dropped in previous stages from that attack. But that's also thanks to an entire day of work of Yumbo visma because otherwise, if Yumbo did not work the entire stage so far, is off, fresh attack, and Vingegaard doesn't see him again.
0: Yeah, well, the, Pogacar takes his 15 seconds on the burst, and then they both ride the, the climb at the same speed. Yeah. and Yeah, you're right, Vingegaard never comes back. But he comes back, they surplus a lot. So Vingegaard goes to the front, he keeps pacing. And this is really important. Sorry, indigestion, I had so much barking water today, I've been, I've been really stressed. <laughs> <laughs> Rodriguez starts to come back. He was in Narnia and he starts to come back on these guys. He's got a Hindley dropped. He's obviously keeping chugging away and Yates is also coming back and they're not far behind either, but they're not going to catch them by the top of the Plan where the 8-5-2 bonus seconds are. And so what was curious to me was Benji, I thought 500 to go, Vingegaard's got to go to Pogaccia's wheel because I was like, why isn't he in Pagacha's wheel? Because you know Pagacha's going to try to hit you with another 30-second burst. That's his specialty. He's, he gapped you with it five times this tour. Pagacha hits him with it, and the motorbikes are in front of him, and we'd seen this coming, Benji. The whole of the climb, the motorbikes had been too close to the riders. Also, the, the barriers, there were no barriers. You, how can you have a mountain sprint for bonies yeah. with no barriers? And all the fans were everywhere on the road. And so maybe they were and they hopped over them, but I didn't see enough of them. So Bogacá basically has to full-on brake. Vingegaard rolls up to him. Vingegaard retakes the lead? I can't remember. I think
1: he stayed in the wheel of Bogacá, actually, initially. <laughs> they rode next to each other for a bit, but stayed in the wheel. Yeah. But let's first talk about the motorbike incident for a second. Yes. He's attacking like this with 700 meters to go. Towards 500, the- less even. 500, 700 to or whatever. He's attacking there. Pogacar is spending his... Some of his bikis there to try and win the sprint, to try and win the three bonus seconds that are on top. And I am of the full opinion that if the motorbikes are not there, that Pogacar takes the three seconds here. I don't know, actually. Uh,
0: I have I, got 90% certain. Based on all previous history, that would be correct. <laughs> 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 so... Well... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, but Pogacar's response to Jonas' attack was a bit flat-footed. Now, whether that was inattentiveness or whether he'd already spent his bickies, as you said, um, but yeah, Jonas takes the eight-five-two, but a six-second delta.
1: Regardless of what happens with the motorbikes, obviously, the motorbikes happened, eh? To be clear, the motorbikes happened and Pogacar got fucked by the motorbikes. hundred percent. The next step is, that Vingegaard does that counter move Late in like 150 to go. Which at that point Pogachar should have been more aware that Finger was going to make or a jumping move. Jumping again. Because it took him two seconds to respond. And that's I think that's why he I reckon he it. didn't have it. I think he lost it on the response time and not on not having it.
0: I don't know. He's got a pretty good sprint. So I thought I don't know. Anyway. I think the motorbikes <laughs> threw him off. This was so bizarre, right? This climb, Yumbo pace all day. For the long climb of endurance Jonas to drop Pog, Jonas gets dropped, but Jonas takes the bonies that Pikachu always take. It was completely the wrong way around. This <laughs> climb. This is why the tour has been so brilliant this year. You can't, it's impossible to predict anything. Yeah, but and then how does the rave solve this issue? As in oh, we know barriers.
1: that yeah, putting barriers is a solution, yeah, because we know police that sometimes here. police motorbikes ride in front of riders to make sure the audience, the spectators don't run in front of the riders. So they have to somewhat ride closely to the riders. With barriers, you don't have to do that. At a bonus second sprint, there should 100% be barriers to avoid needing those motorbikes for the spectators. I'm pretty sure they were actually motorbikes with TV cameras, not police motorbikes. So I'm not sure there, but there was also Guardia Civil, French ones, I don't know what it's called, Gendarmerie, on the climb in that last section instead of barriers but they clearly weren't doing their job very well if that happens so race organization failed here for me
0: i agree and you know poor old rcs would be thinking why don't we get any flat why do we get the flak for everything we try to hold a transition stage that's a bit long and people you know
1: and i'll go as far as saying if i am uae after this race i'm going to the uci commissaire and I'm yeah. trying to get something done. I'm trying to get these bonus seconds discarded.
0: An old, yeah. Should it, yeah. I mean... They won't do sh- it, but... They won't do it, but yeah. <laughs> they, they, they should, like, they should. Anyway. Pagacha though, he tries to counter Jonas through the bony sprint <laughs> yeah. to gap him before the plateau. So we have a plateau here, the only place where a satellite would be useful. I was surprised by this because Yates was close. I was like, why would you ride to keep Yates behind you? And so, but anyway, he tried to get Giannis back in his wheel. Eventually, they do stop before the descent. And just before the little kick up to the descent, Rodriguez, the motors also completely blocked Rodriguez and Yates coming back for a long time. And they were swerving and Rodriguez didn't know which way to pass. Rodriguez attacks the group into the descent. Vingegaard makes his biggest mistake of the stage here. He had to enter this descent ahead of Pogacar. Now, whether yep. that's on Rodriguez's wheel or whether that's ahead of Pagacha, he needed to enter this descent ahead of Yeah, Pagacha yep. doesn't... He, he initially does respond to Rodriguez, gets to his wheel. Yates is fourth in the line, so we've got Rodriguez, Pogaccia, Jonas Yates. And Rodriguez gaps Poggi. Yeah, and he's just a better
1: descender. We saw it in that Strada Bianca. That Strada Bianche where Pitcock went in that descent and rode off with everybody. Was it? No, Pogaccia went in that descent and rode off. From everybody. Rodriguez was the only one in that descent to also gap the others, if I recall correctly. So he's a truly good descender. I also believe that Vingegaard is a better descender than Pogachar. And I believe that Pogachar's descending is decent, but it's good. It's good enough, yeah. There's a margin to those riders to the point that I believe if Vingegaard was in front of Pogacar, he could have put Pogachar under pressure. But
0: or he would have held Rodriguez wheel, I'm sure of that.
1: Okay. I I don't know, but okay. But that do doesn't f-
0: mean Pogacar would lose Jonas' wheel either. I'm just yeah, saying do, yeah, Jonas would have kept his wheel.
1: What do you reckon when it comes to Adam Yates now? Because we're getting into the situation where Rodriguez is up the road. A few seconds, max 10 seconds, maybe 6-7 oh, seconds. Yeah, 5-whatever. To the second group, which is Vingega and Pogachar, led by Pogachar Yates dropped. With One second? No, w- one millimeter on the wheel of Pogachar. He was literally on his back wheel. So yeah. close that it got scary in some corners. Because... He's faster in the corners because he takes better lines than Pogachar. Yeah. And then behind us Adam Yates. And, but Adam Yates is interesting because if you're Pogacar, one, he wanted to win the stage because he kept on pacing That's in that right. descent, yeah. even though he got bad. But on the other end, wouldn't you want Adam Yates to try and steal second? Because otherwise you only gain two bonus seconds.
0: I mean, Pogacar was simultaneously doing many things. I think he was trying to block Vingegaard from going in front of him on the descent. He did a very mm-hmm. good job of that because you close off the mm-hmm. hairpin, Jonas can't pass you, and then Pogaccia's got the way bigger kick out of the hairpin. So Jonas can never pass him out of the hairpin unless, you know, like McNulty on the pe- descent before good last year. And he's also chasing Carlos Rodriguez for the stage win. But to your point, Benji, when Yates comes back, we now have about, what, a K of flat? We've got two minutes left yeah. to the stage. And this is also, you know, they're, a, they're, a, they've, they're, fucked. they're all fucked. They're all, yeah. you know, they're just under the scent, right? You got to know the bony's difference. And so Pogaccia coming third and Yates second is much, much better for Poggy on both. Because Poggy is beating Jonas in the sprint, whether he leads him out, whether Yates leads him out, he's beating Jonas for this flat sprint.
1: To be clear, to make it clear, the winner gets 10 seconds on the fourth rider. The yep. second rider gets 6 seconds on the fourth rider. And the third rider gets 4 seconds. So yeah. the difference between getting 2nd and 3rd is only 2 seconds, which is one of the dumbest rules in cycling. Yeah. <laughs> I believe that should be either 10-6-3 or 10-5-2.
0: 10-5-2, yeah.
1: So, regardless of that, it's 10-6-4, so Pogacar getting 2nd and Vingegaard 3rd is only 2 seconds, so yeah. I would have enjoyed UAE yeah, trying to Either you have Yates attack or you don't spend him in the lead out so he can try and sprint to take away the third place from Vingegaard.
0: I think that's never happening. I really don't see Yates after. I don't see him from this tour with even the same burst as Jonas, but still that's an option. And Poggy can lose his wheel in the lead out too, as well. But I think you got to have Yates go. And Poggy loses his wheel through that corner he came back in. And then you yep. take the full four-second delta. Anyway, Carlos Rodriguez, magnificent performance, back to back, stage wins for Ineos Grenadiers. This one they wouldn't have been expecting, but absolute masterclass from the Spanish Andalusian Oh, I mean, Andalusias, they're not, you know, they're happily. <laughs> I think they're happily part of Spain. Um Are they? 20 I think so, yeah. 22 year old don't know where he's going next year, rumoured to be Movistar, but wins the stage today, dropping Jai Hindley, his podium competitor, on the climb. And Adam... Uh, no, Adam Yates came back with him, but dropping a lot of other people and then a masterclass descent to hold off Pagacha, who was, you know, not exactly going slow or had a guy pulling for him in the last case. So just an unbelievable performance from Rodriguez. Perfect timing. Yeah. Can't wait to see what happens from him in the future. And shockingly,
1: he actually... Ghostboss, Hindley, and GC. Hindley loses
0: that much time. That is insane From, to me. Whoa. So, yeah. Anyway, uh, Pagacha second, Vingegaard on the same time, third, uh, five seconds behind, so only two-second bonus delta there in Pagacha's favor. Adam Yates uh, fourth on 10 seconds, GC Kus on 57 seconds, <laughs> Th- then a, a gap of 50 to Hindley, who actually comes back to Felix goal and It's curious, Goal got dropped on the descent, but came back to him. Very impressive. I thought he was gone and going to lose time to Hindley, but he finishes same time as Hindley. Bilbao and and Yates lose 319 and 321. Tenth on this stage, finishes on six minutes. Six minutes! And this didn't go to high altitude. This had two climbs, neither of which were over 45 minutes, and the tenth place finishes on six minutes. Guillaume-Martin Ooh. on the same time as Gudu. Pidcock loses 840. So uh, kind of like Grenon last year, Benji, if I look at Col de Grenon, just quickly on stage 11, 10th finished on 437. Uh, uh, Vlasov was on 440. So there was bigger gaps today from 1 to 10 than in Grenon stage. And also Pidcock there lost 955. So I think it's the kilojoules if I had to guess. But listen, not the... It didn't turn into a Granada stage, but I thought this was very entertaining nonetheless.
1: Of course, it was super entertaining. And the one question we now have is, who's going to win the Tour de France? Because every single race we had so far has been seconds between the two riders, except for in the first week. We've had the last three mountain stages before this, Volgaertar dropping Jonas Vingegaard with a tiny bit of a gap, and Vingegaard being able to somewhat sustain that towards the finish line. While this time around, they were together over the line, and Vingaga basically takes a bonus seconds, which, let's be honest about it, it could have either gone all three to Pogacar as well, based on the motorbikes. So, let's just say that they finished together after this race, which means that, honestly, on one end, people will say this was shit from Jumbo Visma from pacing all day to have this kind of result, not gaining time on Pogachar. But I think the only reason he's not losing time to Pogacar is because they paced all day. And if they do this again on Cold La Los, I'm getting more and more confidence in Vingega on Cold La Los as a consequence of this stage.
0: Yes, but A, what's the result of the time trial the day before Cold La Lose. B, Pogacar has an edge for me. I agree. B, Pogacar is so fucking good right now. He is, yeah. this is the best I've ever seen him. Yeah. His performance today... In a high mountain stage, back-to-back, long climbs. Well, this is not back-to-back 20-minute climbs. Long climbs, super hard all day. It wasn't cool conditions either. It wasn't rainy Carpeña or cold Carpeña. Hot conditions. Okay, admittedly not too high altitude. It didn't go over 1,700 meters. This is, and to attack Wingergaard, this is the best I've ever seen him. Maybe 2020, yeah. I could look at the numbers and he might be better there in theory, but I think this is the best ever version of him as a as a... Pure like mountain climber, yeah. Stage race rider, so yeah, super impressive, and yeah, he's obviously the favorite for the tour right now because he's ten seconds behind. There's plenty of bonies left, and the yep. TT you have to give him the edge, and right now there's no guarantee. Vingegaard drops him on lows, and also if he does drop him on lows, Roglic dropped him on Col Lowe's. Yep. It he was only fifteen seconds exactly, and so if he, there's no guarantee he full cracks either. As the beauty of the sport
1: huh unpredictability we don't know who's going to win the tour de france at the end it's very close between these riders i just feel like jumbo has that tiny bit of a better feeling than they did when vingegaard was dropping the last few days after today because at least he didn't drop this time around <laughs> which is well, a step I, forward he got
0: gapped <laughs> yeah
1: he he got gapped but he came back and cola Los is a long climb so i can't wait to see the same situation unfold on dropping go with an acceleration. Vingegaard, I do feel like he switched to riding his own tempo after Pogachar's attack a bit quicker than he did previously. So maybe yeah. he said to himself, I'm not going to let that attack deplete me fully. I'm going to ride my own tempo and see if I can crawl back to Pogachar that way. I think this tour is going to get really close and I goddamn damn hope that these three seconds don't end up deciding the Tour de They're France. so
0: close in level. <laughs> it's insane. They're so close in abilities. It's amazing. Anyway, GC, Vingergaard extends his lead by a solitary second on Pogaccia <laughs> uh, to 10 seconds. Rodriguez moves into third on 4.43, big gaps. Hinley drops to fourth on 4.44. Adam Yates maintains his fifth on 5.20. Sepp Kuss jumps four spots to 8.15. Beautiful stuff. Simon Yates drops to seventh. He lost three minutes today to 8.32. Bill Bilbao lost a lot of time as well with Yates. He drops from seventh to eighth on eight fifty one. Felix Gall jumps up five spots. Lavenue and um, what's your man? Julian Jardy vindication for well, pacing the other day. Vindication. They no, knew what no, they no, were no, doing. no,
1: no, 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 no. This doesn't change the fact that they got nothing out of pacing that day. No. <laughs> it... <laughs> not. <Nah. laughs>
0: well, yeah, they GC didn't keep the real, guys behind.
1: <laughs> but GC because is more real and. He's far away from the top five. Let's be honest about it. Five twenty to eight fifteen.
0: But he's cook on Kolder Lowe's, I tell you. What.
1: Lowe's is gonna get <laughs> past. Is Hindley the, the most fragile one in the top five? Then. Sorry for saying I, fragile. That sounds weird.
0: Oh no. I mean, yeah, precarious. He's in a precarious spot. It really depends yeah. on you know. He's got two domestiques behind him. Yates and Koos's Priority is not to not to move advanced yeah. GC positions. I think Yates a little bit more pressure on him to maintain it. I know that, Um, but their overall priority is to make Pagaccio or Vingegaard win the Tour de France. So that is Hinley's advantage, but I think Rodriguez should beat him in the TT, but Hinley did a good Dauphiné TT, but Rodriguez TT is quite good. Um, And then Lowe's, if today's anything to go by, will be a, a, a very good... What did Rodriguez put into him today? 146. So that could be exacerbated on lows. Um, anything else from this stage, Benji? Because obviously, yeah, I'm biased, of course, but I agree with you that you know, Yumbo pace all day, they get one second and you get gapped initially. What are you doing? It looks stupid, yeah, but, but- uh, yeah, if you, we have seen if Pagacha is fresh on Puita Dome, you, you can't hold his wheel, man. I agree, and
1: I dislike the criticising of both Jumbo-Visma today and UAE yesterday. I criticised their breakaway formation strategy yeah, that because was they bad. suck at breakaway but formation. once it's gone, you, gotta, you gotta chase. Exactly. So the chasing for the seconds is not an issue because this Tour de France has been decided in the last week by seconds. It's all about seconds at the moment. It's all about seconds until at one moment, someone loses more than a second. And then people will look at the strategy of that day and say, oh, that was a master plan but they've been doing it every single day so far with seconds as rewards it's just the fact that at some point it might be more than seconds and then the Tour de France will be decided it could also be that the time trial decides the Tour de France which is also so significant because we said before this tour oh, a limited amount of TT won't kilometers they're, they're so close in GC <laughs> yeah, when it comes it to <laughs> their key capabilities not that relevant but at this point it could just as well decide the race and or yeah, Yon- tour de or Jonas is... being
0: hyper aggressive on Cote did he yeah. need would he have lost 24 seconds if he defended from the base of that climb?
1: Yeah, but it was a logical decision that day to do that yeah, based of on course, the day before. Hindsight. So it's all hindsight. This Tour de France is a matter of gaining seconds until someone cracks and loses minutes.
0: That's it. I agree. And, you know, both of them haven't been beset by bad luck yet. We've had a pretty... Until today, I was thinking about it. The, unfortunately, the crash and neutralization reminded me. It'd been a pretty clean Tour de France from crashes. I had not really, there'd been no mass pile-ups in the sprint stages or anything. No GC guy. Even having a mechanical with 5Ks to go on a sprint stage and losing a minute or something. So, you know, it'd been a pretty good Tour de France from that perspective. Obviously, today, you know, Martinez crash hard, Menke's out is a shame for him. So, anyway, tomorrow's stage, Benji. Le Jette le Porte du soleil to saint gervais blanc This is... I don't know—is this medium mountain or a mountain stage? I can't really tell. It's 180 kilometers. The first part of it is starts uphill at a neutral. Break should form there. Then there's a 30k, 20k valley where I think the break will will get a nice gap. A 9k, five percent climb where you could have some tuggers, um, doing some work like a Juanpe, and then a step descent again. Nothing categorized yet before they do the Col de la Fourclaz, which is 7.2k, seven and a half percent, very irregular. By the way, like the last three kilometers average 10%. It's quite a steep, again, irregular descent, irregular climb, and then a called de la Croix Free. I can't even say it properly. Did they use this in the Dauphiné? 11.5k, 7%. Again, irregular, the steeper K's in there. There's a 4%, there's a 9%. Short descent, Col des Arévis, 4.4k, 6.2%. So there's two Cat 1s there. Break got to be going for them. Then a Cat 3. And then from 124, 134 to 180, which is 50, 46Ks, that's maths for you. There's an, a descent, a pulse flight uphill, another descent, and then two climbs to saint gervais Blanc. Cote des Amarons, which is 2.7Ks, 10.1%, with very steep at the start, and then a very like 1K of flat, basically, and then mm-hmm. another 7.7Ks to Le Bet-X. It's called Le Bet-X, 7.5K, 7%. There's a lot of climbing here, Benji, I think over 4,000 meters mm-hmm. elevation, but no climbs, uh, extended climbing apart from Cruyff If I can't say that, that one's too tough for me. There's over 30 minutes. So it's the hardest medium mountain stage I've ever seen.
1: It's very intriguing because like the Côte de La just wanted to correct you there for a second to feel Thank superior you. for one second. We've got a, like, we've got like a plateau section afterwards. So you'd say, oh, rider in the breakaway, satellite rider for that valley. Stuff like that, but the riders are so close to each other, Vingegaard and Pogacar, that there's no way someone's gonna make a move on that Avio or Kwafi in my head, because they're like so close to each other. That's how my head feels like. Because Pogacar ain't dropping from Vingegaard on those two climbs, and the other way around, it's also relatively unlikely. Unless, like, honestly, if I'm UAE, would you risk going all out and yeah, sure. and trying to? Drop Vingegaard on No, no, To satellite rider? Yeah, it's You, you like, said it.
0: Full seconds, Bogac, man.
1: Bogacar is destined to take time on this stage, but is there a situation, a is scenario, he? where I, I believe he's destined to take seconds if the breakaway... Well, even if the breakaway wins, he can still take seconds in the 700 meter sprint that this he has harder control
0: setup. than Grand Colombier, and they fucked that up.
1: Yeah, but even if he doesn't get the stage win, he took seconds on the road anyway in the sprint on Grand yeah. Colombia. So that way he's destined to either finish ahead of Vingegaard or take seconds.
0: But Exactly.
1: Is there a scenario when you look at this parkour where they don't have a Wout for Not in their team, so they can't pull this off, but just hypothetically for a Celine. second.
0: Disrespect to the man.
1: Where Pogacar attacks on Kouafi or RV, makes that gap to Vingegaard in the same way that he did so far, and he wins the tour like that on a stage like this. It's super risky, but I like risky.
0: I mean, he's going to have Kuz still there. He's going to have probably Wout still there. Yeah. Unless you full launch it with Yates and and Micah and stuff. I mean, you could.
1: You put WoW in Satellite Rider just in case as a defensive measure, or do you think that's not even necessary?
0: I I think this is... I mean, there's no way Pogacar, in theory, uh, drops (laughs) Jonas on... No, with well, a first base, yeah, 11.5k, 7 I mean, who knows how they respond after the, the stage today, which was super hard. I think this is a breakaway. I really do. And this reminds yep. me of the final stage of the Dauphiné, which Ciccone won, also yep. with a, a irregular climbs and very difficult. But just the fact that it starts uphill, where good climbers will get in the break, where there's a, also then 25 minutes of valley, at least, uh, before the first climb. And, you know, Bjerg, he's not there, man. He's not going to be there to pace after that little uphill kick where everyone goes apeshit. So I think it's going to be very difficult to control the breakaway. Yeah. I think you've got to be good to be in it, and it's going to be Chikone, Pino, Woods, all those guys. We saw Paulus, but he's not good enough uphill against those guys. So I think Chikone wins, and I think Pogaccia takes four seconds on the road. They don't get near the break, um, but takes four seconds on the road at the end of BetEx with a burst.
1: I think so as well. I think Pogacar can take seconds on the finish line with a burst, even if the break doesn't win. So it depends on how much his burst is on that line. And that's going to be this stage. Pogacar once again gaining seconds. And then we look at the stage after the rest day. It's a time trial. And the day after, is Courchevel called La Lose finish. So not tomorrow's stage, but the two stages after will be the deciders for the Tour de France. And I think we're going to know who wins the Tour de France by the end of stage 17, because I don't believe in stage 20 making the difference.
0: Oh, I do. I think that's a... Dude, if guards 10 seconds or 15 seconds ahead of Pogacar on Stage 20, that's a nightmare. Well, that's true, because, but I do feel like the gap is going to be bigger by and then. And UAE don't have the satellite riders or the capability. But yeah, I, don't, I think Stage 20 is pretty nasty. Uh, but I agree, Lowe's is a different beast. We should have a pretty good handle on it after Lowe's. Tomorrow, you can definitely lose the Tour de France if you have a major problem, uh, especially after the stage today. In terms yeah. of, what about Ineos Benji? Do they twist the knife in tomorrow and go for Rodriguez? Does Pidcock have to train, Does Pitcock go on the breakaway and try and win the stage? Oh, Pidcock I, could win this stage from the break. How
1: far is he in GC now? Because that matters, eh? He lost oh,
0: nine minutes today.
1: Okay, he's in the shadow realm of GC. He He'll should go in the, the break. breakaway. And I think Pidcock could indeed win the stage that way. Yeah. It's not... It's not nonsensical to he got fucked on,
0: we- on, on Granol. Yeah. And the next day he won the
1: Wes, Yeah. Exactly. Woods also looked good in the breakaway today, yeah, so he's he going to try good. again. Chikone is going to try again. He also looked good in the breakaway today. So all the riders that fell to get anything out of today, they will
0: try again that tomorrow. Can so, I retract um, my pick? Oh, go I God. think Chikone is he- going to flick himself going for KOM points. Same with Woods. I think I think gonna, cause that's Chicone's focus. I'm yeah. taking Pidcock. And Gull okay. Can Gull get in the break still? Probably. I but, think the long climbs are better for him. I think he should just stay yeah. where he is and then cook on Cold, Cold La Los.
1: Yeah. Exactly. I'd love to see him on, on Cold La Los and see where he can get there. But it's, it's just clear that the two days that are going to decide are not the one tomorrow. And uh, how I see those two stages is what we said earlier. Because I, I said that I've got Pogacar with the edge on time trial and Vingegaard with perhaps the edge on Cold La Loss. What do you have?
0: I don't know. No, Pogaccio and the TT for sure. Yeah, yeah. I agree with the TT. Lowe's, I'm not so convinced, actually. Okay. But um, because, yeah, Poggy's is, Pog is improved a lot. And even from stage five to stage six and nine, he improved a lot. So I don't know. Um, he could it's going to be wobble. a good tour. Like in 2021, if I remember to when they first had their battle and Jonas was five years behind, there were some principles from there where, like, Poggy cooked Jonas in every uphill sprint. He took four yep. seconds on the road on Ardiden on Porte. They had one big wobble. On two, maybe his big wobble this year was Marie Blanc, and he won't have another big wobble. I, you can't expect him to, but I don't know. Um, today he was very, very good. He did stall, I think, but Jonas didn't take advantage of it. In fact, he was gapped, So maybe Jonas is just ha- thankful he didn't lose any time today. But the the tour is so finely poised. What do we learn today? Nothing. Wow. Everything.
1: I disagree. <laughs> I feel like we learned something. I feel like we learned that there are <laughs> chances that Vingegaard doesn't drop after an attack of Pogachar. As in, doesn't drop permanently after an attack of Pogachar. Yeah,
0: yeah. Detail. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. Anyway, hope you enjoyed the podcast. Very, very interesting Twitter to France. Benji, who's your pick for tomorrow? Did you pick anyone? Pitcock? Okay, we both got Pitcock. You. No, I'm so, taking him two. too. I'm There's no forcing rule. You, you to... You... Now, okay. there
1: is a rule now because you stole Almeida I from me in the Jiro preview, picks. so I now steal Pitcock.
0: Where's Gull? 1256. Free Lander. Mikael Lander wins the stage, baby. Woohoo! <laughs> Bitcoin destroys it. Nasty him. Jumbo Visma. Nasty Jumbo Visma chasing Lander. The one time he gets in a breakaway, they chase him. Despicable <laughs> team from them. I'm not happy. Um, but yeah, maybe Coos in the break, Benji. Who knows? All right. Lander wins. See you with the recap of stage 15 tomorrow before the World deserved rest day for us on Monday. The Riders should keep going. Until then, ciao